Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God doing something in your life, church. Amen. Not just doing something in our church. Is he doing something in your life and your family? Has God been speaking to you and, and to your families? God, are you seeing movement and Holy Spirit flow in your home? Because whatever happens at home will begin to happen here, right? The home is the, is the microcosm of the church. That's where the church begins. That's where, that's where it's fueled by, by, by what you bring into the house of God because of what you've been letting into your house. And this morning, I want to I talk about something very important. I want to talk about growth, spiritual growth. Very simple topic, but a very important topic. You know, me as a, as a pastor, I, I have a desire to see my church grow in spirit. We all love it when, when, when we pack out the house on Sundays. We all love it when, when, when there's a bunch of people and we don't even know, you know, where to put people because... It's just overflowing with, with people in, in the benches. But, but even more importantly is, is when we see an overflow of the Holy Spirit, when we see an overflow of growth in, in the lives of our, of our people. And so I rejoice whenever I see people grow in their relationship with God. I might not show it. I'm not a, I'm not a man of a lot of emotions. I know that. I've had people tell me many times before. I, I can probably think like just four or five off the top of my head. They said, Pastor, when I first met you, I wasn't sure you liked me. <laughs> and I want, to, I want to let everybody know, I like you all. I love you and I like you, okay? I don't carry beef with anybody, like nobody. Even if you've done something to me, I've dropped it. Too much energy for me to not like somebody. Because it just, it just, takes, it just takes so much energy and mind power. And I, I ain't got time for that. So I like you and I love you. Now, with that being said, I know that my expressions and lack of enthusiasm don't always show it. But believe me when I tell you that my spirit rejoices, man, when I see growth, when I, when I see a fruit, the, the, the fruit of a person being produced, I, I rejoice when, when you used to be quick to anger, but now you can kind of control it a little bit better. Man, I praise God. I praise God for that. What really gets me is when I'm doing worship on a Sunday and I, I, I notice someone coming to church and and they're very reserved and, and they've never lifted up their hands before. And then, and then for the very first time, it's like it happens in slow motion. Boom, they're lifting up their hands and they're lifting up their eyes. That gets me, man. And it energizes my spirit like I can keep going because it's just so encouraging. When I see people handling situations in a mature way, in a way that is much different than the way that they might have handled it before, I rejoice. I love it. I love it when I see people grow in their faith, when, when I see people grow in the knowledge of, of, of the word of God. We're, we're still having our new believers class. We're, we're going to wrap up this, this coming Friday with our very first one. I love seeing the, the growth in them and, and, and the knowledge of the word of God. Spiritual growth, church, is essential to the body of Christ. And it is essential to the life of the individual. One of, one of our missions as believers should be to continue to increase in, in, in the knowledge and the wisdom of the word of God. We should never, ever feel as if we've arrived. Like we've just learned everything that there is to know. 
I'm, I'm as close to God as I'll ever get. No, that, that's, that's not the way it works. There's always more that we could add to our lives. Someone asked me a few years ago, um, I had, I had just graduated from, um, from grad school. I got a master's in, in theology and someone asked me, do you, do you just feel, do you just feel so, so smart in the word of God? And, uh, I said, I said, brother, I, and I, I still believe this to be true. I said, my biggest takeaway from my theological, my biblical education is that the more I know, the more I realize how much I actually don't know. Because, because when I learn one new thing about God, 10 new questions arrive that I don't have the answers to. Therefore, the more you learn, the more you realize how much you actually don't know. Now, to some people, this might be frustrating because like you want to get to a certain place. And I, I remember, I remember my dad asking me when I told him I wanted to, I wanted to go to, I wanted to get my master's in theology. He said, why? And I said, because I just, I want to know the word of God. I want to know the character of God in a, in a, in a deeper level. I just want to know it. Right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to look for theology careers or anything. I just, I just want to know it. And I thought that if I knew it, I would graduate and just have all of this knowledge about God. And I discovered that that wasn't the case. God needs to constantly be discovered. You know why? Because God is infinite. He's not just one, one size that you get to and boom, you've, you've perfected it. No, God is infinite and there's always more that he, he can reveal to himself. And so we have to constantly be seeking him to be in the know. Did you get that? To be in the know, to be in the know of what God is revealing to your life, to be in the know of what he's telling you, to be in the know of the purpose that he has for your now, you have to seek him. You have to seek him. And the day that we stop seeking him is the day that we stop growing. And the day that we stop growing is the day that we begin to weaken. The Christian should never drop the ball on their sanctification process. And my prayer, my prayer is that you may grow in spirit in 2021. I believe that God did a lot of things in 2020 to prepare us for growth in 2021. And so we should always be aspiring to get closer to God. My message is entitled this morning, stagnant spirit, stagnant spirit. We cannot allow our spirit to get to the place of stagnation where it's no longer moving, where it's no longer flowing with the Holy spirit. It's just kind of there. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to first Corinthians 10, 23 through 24 for the first time in a long time. I don't have a, a whole super long passage to read. So what I want to do is I want to do something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, but I haven't been able to, to do it effectively because I've all, I'm always reading a ton of scripture. What I want to do is I want to stand up and I want to read, I want us to read out loud this, this word together so that we can just declare the word of God together in one voice in unity. It's very short. Go ahead and put it up there, Daniel. Can you, hopefully I can read that. <laughs> It says, are y'all ready? Let's, let's say it together. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good 
of his neighbor. Amen. Right there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this word that you have already spoken to your servant, Father God. I pray that as I deliver it, my God, it may be by your Holy Spirit this morning, Father God, and I pray that it may fall on fertile ground so that we may take it and apply it to our lives outside of these church walls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to focus this message around the key verse 25. All things are lawful. Your version might say permissible, but not all things are helpful. Your version might say beneficial. I think sometimes the way that we use this verse comes from the same line of thinking as, as the Corinthians. We use it to justify things. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this morning. So I, I want you to be attentive because God, God wants to speak. We use it to, to, to justify things, to justify our actions where, where we say, well, it's, it's not a sin. <laughs> and we flip the verse around. Paul is saying all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. I think sometimes we flip it. We say not all things are beneficial, but they're permissible. That's not necessarily the way that Paul wanted us to receive the message. It's a little bit more sneaky than that. Like, did God really say that? Did God really say you couldn't eat of this, of this tree? It's, it's just, it's sneaky. And Paul is talking to the Corinthians. This is a church that had many problems, many problems. Like every church. Did you know that every church has problems? No church is perfect. If you're looking for the perfect church, you're going to continue looking until the day you die. Because you're not going to find it. There are problems in every church. There are problems in this church. There's always going to be problems because we're human and we're flawed. This church had major problems. This church had problems that, that weren't fatal. They just needed to be addressed and corrected. They had major division in their church. They tolerated immorality among leaders. They were misusing the gifts of the spirit. They were taking each other to court. The mess. This was a church that was saved by the grace of God and, and the faith that they put into Christ, just like all of us. But, but we could say that the heart of the, the problem for the Corinthians lied in them wanting to know, I want you to listen to this, them wanting to know and how much they could get away with and still be a Christian. How much can I get away with and still be be labeled a Christian. Theirs was a very selfish Christianity. If you've, if you've had any friends come to Christ um, at any point, they might, they might go to you. You might be the go-to person for, for questions um, because they know you're a Christian. They know you go to church. They know you know the Bible. So, so they, they bring all these questions up, uh, to you about Bible and about God. Uh, new Christians are just I think that new Christians are in many ways like children in the, in, in the sense that they're curious about so many things, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a bad thing, they're, they're, but they're curious. They have a lot of questions. And as a pastor, I get a lot of these questions. And, and most of the questions are in reference to what God allows and what God does not allow. Pastor, can I do this? Is this a sin? Is, is this wrong? And those are good questions. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from asking those questions. I understand that people want to know because they don't want to sin in ignorance. But the problem is when our focus 
becomes discovering the loopholes of our Christianity. It deters us from a focus on what actually needs to be our focus. And that's a growing relationship with God. And if the relationship, if your relationship with Christ ever gets to this point where you're just trying to keep your Christianity alive and afloat, we fall more into the realm of a legalistic relationship rather than a personal relationship with God where there is no essence, there, there's no authenticity to the relationship. It's more of a contractual agreement where we say, okay, God, I won't do the things that I'm not allowed to do, thus staying away from sin. I'll pray every now and then because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'll come to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. In other words, I'll go through the motions without actually ever seeing my spirit grow. Tell the person next to you, like their faith depends on it. God wants you to grow. Say it again. God wants you to grow. We can't have a church that is satisfied with complacency. Jesus rebuked the the church of Ephesus for forsaking their first love. You're doing everything right. You're serving you're, you're coming to church, you're bringing your kids, you're, you're, you're teaching them the correct ways, but you have forsaken your first love. You have no passion anymore. You're not even trying to go deeper anymore. You're not trying to grow anymore. You're just satisfied with where you are. And a church that becomes satisfied with where it is cannot keep up with the progressive sin of our world. I want to provide some context here to this verse. Uh, I think it's important. Paul is talking about, he's talking about food and, and not food like, like the hot spots in town, right? Um, he's talking about food that was being sacrificed to idols. He begins his uh, discussion in, in, in chapter eight. Um, I would encourage you to, to read chapter eight, nine, 10. I'd, I'd encourage you to read the Bible. Uh, but, 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 but this, uh, this portion of scripture is very good. And, um, in a broader context, I think we can say that, that Paul is talking about kind of the gray areas of our Christian living. Things that, that the Bible doesn't call sin, but some people might call sin. Apparently, there was, a, there was a lot of legalism among newer Christians. And so they would see something as sinful and they, they would call it out. They would say, that's sin. That's a sin. And so Paul talks about Christians who are eating meat... Um, in temples that were used uh, for idol worship. And, and so I want to I read verse 4 of chapter 8. I think I have it up there. It says, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know. Someone say, we know. So he, here he's talking to the mature Christians. He's talking about the ones that have been in the faith for a long time. They're mature in their faith. They're mature in the knowledge of the word of God. They're secure in their faith. They have a good foundation. He says, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. In other words, he's saying, we know that this is not really an issue. It's not going to affect your faith, but it can become an issue when your weaker brother sees you doing it and that causes him to stumble. So verse seven says, however, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. And so Paul's basic argument here 
and, and through chapter 10 is, are you so concerned about your own Christian liberties that you're willing to cause your weaker brother to stumble so that you can have a little bit of a bit of freedom? Is that what your priorities are? What you are legally allowed to do with your faith? Because if it is, then we can't edify each other because we're always just going to be thinking selfishly. We're always going to be thinking about what I can do. It, it doesn't affect me. But what if it affects someone else? We're a church. We're a body. We're not in this, we're not in this thing alone. We're in it together and we're supposed to build each other up. And so he continues his argument all through chapter 10. He even says, he says, look, if an unbeliever invites you into your home and he, uh, he offers you food that was previously offered to idols, you can eat it. You can eat it. Because you're not sacrificing the food to idols. You're just eating it because it's food. Right? He says, you're mature enough to know the difference. No evil spirit is going to enter you because you're not celebrating or worshiping what is evil. Your conscience is free. You can eat it. Then he says, but if your Christian brother or sister who is with you is a little bit weaker and they take offense to it and they say, hey, isn't that a sin? Should we really be doing this? He says, abstain from it. Not for your conscience, but for his, for hers. And that's where he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I'm afraid, I'm afraid sometimes when I see conversations among Christians that we're, we're focused so much inwardly. We're focused about our Rights as Christians, my right, me. So much to the point that we don't care if it affects the weaker ones. And it prohibits and stunts their growth. There's a whole other message, man, I can I could really go into edification here. Um, I, I wanna I wanna stay focused. I want to focus on the part that I believe is a prerequisite to us building each other up. In order for me to want to see my brother grow. I have to want to grow. I have to desire it. I'm not going to desire it for you if I don't desire it for myself. If I'm not helping myself grow, why would I help you grow? A person who feeds the spirit of others is a person who is well fed by the spirit of God. Because now I have something to give because I've got it. I've received it. I, God preached it to me first and now I can preach it to you. That's the way that it works. I can't give you something that I do not have. <clears throat> but when we allow church, when we allow ourselves to fall into a place of stagnation, our spirit is no longer getting any movement. That's what it means to be stagnant. To be stagnant means to be still. Without movement, nothing is flowing in, nothing is flowing out. You're not taking any steps backwards, but you're not taking any step forward. You're just there. You're just there. You say, Pastor, what's wrong with just being there? You got to be somewhere. It's true. Good point. But what about when the there that you're at has been the same place for five years? What about when you've just been there for a long time? You're just, you're just there. You might have someone come to, to our church and, and then they, they go off to college, 
right? They, they, they come back four years later and they expected to see you at a different place in your spirit, in your walk. But you're just there because you've remained stagnant. You haven't been seeking growth in your life. Maybe God by now would have had you here, but at some point in your life, you were satisfied with okay that you never moved up. And maybe the reason that we don't grow sometimes, church, is because we take on the mindset of the Corinthians who focus more on the loopholes of their faith than on what actually defines their faith. When we focus, our, when we focus on the aspects of our Christianity that don't promote growth, what's going to happen? We're not going to grow. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to speak personally here for, for a second. Um, at, at one point in my faith, I let my spirit become stagnant. It was just there. And I was a mature Christian. I was, I, I knew the word of God. I loved God. I loved ministering. I, I loved serving. I, I was a mature Christian, but I wasn't, I was no longer focusing on my spiritual growth. Instead, I became more bothered and concerned with legalism making its way into the church, much like the mature Corinthians uh, were concerned with. They were concerned with legalism. And so I would make it my mission, challenging people who would call things sin that the Bible didn't call sin. I would make that my mission. And I'd have conversations, I'd have arguments. And I would say, oh, that, that's a sin? Tell, tell, me where, tell me where in the Bible says that's a sin. And there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but that was my focus. That's where, that's where I put my attention on. I told you all a while back that, you know, back in my day, um, going to the movies was considered sinful, right? And I remember, I remember going to the movies um, with my little girlfriend um, on a Sunday, like on the Lord's Day. Like, how dare I? Like, it's bad enough I went to the movies, but I went on a Sunday after church. My uh, girlfriend's mom dropped us off the movies. And um, my dad wasn't really okay with me going to the movies yet. And I didn't tell him. And I felt so ashamed. I feel so ashamed. Going, I, I couldn't even watch the movie with a good conscience. I went between, between, we had a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service. So after, after the movies, we came back and uh, I, I, was, I was set to play. I, and I excused myself from playing. I was like, my heart's not right. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I came to the altar and I literally, I repented of my sin. I was crying. I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. I went to the movies, my God. AMC, I'm sorry. It's like the club, you know, and, 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 uh, that was, you know, that was when I was, that was when I was younger. And, and, uh, as I grew up, you know, I, 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 I started to learn more about, about the word of God and, 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 and learn, learn more about Jesus. And then I went to college and it was a Christian university. And I, I remember I came back feeling like a new Christian who just needed to destroy legalism in the church. Because I was like, man, those Hispanic churches, those old school Hispanic churches, there's a lot of legalism in there. I remember it was a sin to wear jeans up here. I remember, <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed of this one too. I, I remember when we lived in Colorado, I had an earring. I had a little earring. I was one, yeah, I was, I was cool. Instinct was my, you know, Justin Timberlake, my inspiration. So I had, the, I had these like blonde highlights. I had a, I had a, a, an earring and I remember coming, coming home 
and I was sick. We came down to Houston. We were visiting and uh, I, I went to my, uh, we were at my grandpa's house. We were staying there and, and he, he, he comes in the room uh, before he even, like he even says hi to me after months of not seeing him. And uh, he said, you know why you're sick, right? Says so that thing you got in your ear. <laughs> so you can, you can imagine, I get to this point where I'm like, I got to destroy legalism in the church. And that became my focus for, for a while, for a long time. That was my focus. And, and look, let me be clear. Legalism is harmful. It, it does not belong in the church. And, and we do need to do a better job of, of teaching against it. Legalism makes it more about the law and less about Jesus. Right? Jesus constantly scolded the Pharisees. They would have had him stoned because he broke the law. He healed a man on the Sabbath. Legalism is about do's and don'ts and rules and laws and laws don't save you. Jesus saves you. Amen. That's true. But I also realized that taking on the mindset of of some of these Corinthians, it also wasn't helpful for my growth. Everything is lawful. But not everything is helpful. So in other words, I was advocating so much for the things that should not be considered sin that it distracted me from the things that would actually help my spirit grow. So for a long time, my spirit was just there. Just on destroying legalism and not feeding my spirit. And maybe your spirit... This morning has just been there, the same spot for a long time. Your love for God, maybe it's not, it's not deeper than it was before. Maybe you still deal with the, with the same things that you should be way ahead of by now. I want to I give you three reasons why I believe that, that spirit growth doesn't happen. First of all, our spirit only has room for so much, right? We only have room for so much. We can only feed ourselves so much. And so we can either fill our spirit with the things that that glorify God. And and you've seen those people. Sometimes they, they might make you uncomfortable. Every other word they speak is like a word from Psalms or Proverbs. They walk past a stranger in the street and the stranger just feels some strange thing that we would call anointing. You're having a conversation with, with the coworker and the, and, and the Holy Spirit just begins to fill your words and all of a sudden there's a breakthrough happening in that person's life. Come on, I've, I've been there. And I'm sure you've been there. I've heard testimonies from you guys before where the Holy Spirit just moves through you and leads you. And that happens when we fill our life, when, when we fill our spirit with things that glorify God. The third thing, the the second thing that we could do is we can fill our spirits with things that dishonor God. Those are things that that God would call sin. Those are things that move us away from God. It separates us from God. And there's a third option. So you thought it was just two. There's a third. We can fill our spirit with the things that neither glorify nor dishonor God. And you're like, huh. And stagnation of spirit occurs when we do the latter. And the scary thing is we're okay with it. We're okay with it because we're not sinning. We're not in danger of hell. I might not be super holy roller, but that's okay. I still know God, but we also haven't grown. And God wants you to grow. He wants you stronger. 
He wants you stronger today because of what's coming in your life. Your faith might need to be stronger because of an event that is coming that God is not really sure that you can handle right now in this point of your faith. So you have to grow. You have to be made stronger so that you can handle the more that God has for your life. Sometimes we take that middle ground. I'm not going to sin, but I'm not really going to seek God every single day. I'm just going to be right here in my middle lane. Neutral. We've become okay with the fact that a lot of things in our life don't glorify God. I remember that that used to be my argument. You know, being, being younger, people would say, everything that we do needs to glorify God. I was like, yeah, yeah, but, but, but wait a minute. There's a lot of things in our lives that don't glorify God. We don't, what, what you eat doesn't always glorify God. What you wear doesn't always glorify God. What you spend your money on doesn't always glorify God. Entertainment doesn't always glorify God. And so I would say a, a lot of things don't benefit the spirit. It doesn't mean that it's a sin. And that might be true, but that mentality, that focus contributes to a stagnant spirit. One that doesn't doesn't move. One with no Holy Spirit flow. You have an increase in your faith in years. You're not in sin. You're not on drive, but you're not on drive mode either. You're just in neutral. You're just there. I hope I'm preaching to somebody this morning, man. I hope I'm preaching to break stagnation, to break complacency, to break just okay with where I'm at. God wants more. God wants you to go deeper. God wants you to go further. God wants you to go higher. God also might want you to go lower. And he's not sure. He is sure, but you might not be able to handle lower at this point in your faith. So we need to grow. We need to grow. We need to be stronger. When you take on that mindset that a lot of things don't benefit the spirit, you end up being okay with filling your life with so many things that don't benefit it. Oh, this, is this okay? Oh, this is okay. It's not a sin. I'll take that. Picture your spirit like a, like a shopping cart. This isn't a sin. I'll take that. This isn't a sin. Oh, that's cool. I'll I'll do that. And, and then soon our, our shopping cart is so filled with things that, that don't, don't move us away from God in the sense that they're sin, but they also don't contribute to growth. And it's just junk. It's just junk. It just does, it does, nothing, does nothing for you. <clears throat> There's not enough spiritual nutrients to contribute to spiritual growth. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up here. I have the, the worship team come up. But, you know, this, this, this type of mindset, ironically, it, it kind of does make us legalistic because when, when we're just concerned with getting by and, and just following the rules of Christianity and, and not sin, not sinning, what we're doing, we're still partaking in, legal, in legalism. It's just in the other direction. Because, again, we've, we've made it less about Jesus. And more about the things that are permissible, but that don't necessarily help me. 
And I don't, I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to be satisfied with just doing enough. And this is so easy for the church to fall into because we convince ourselves that everything is fine. Everything's fine. I contribute to the church. I, I give to the church my tithes. I, I, I serve in ministry. I know the Bible verses. I help out. But has your spirit stayed in the same place? Your service is necessary, but it is not the same thing as your spirit. Your giving is great, it's commanded, but that is not the same thing as your spirit. Maybe your giving has grown, but your relationship with God has not. And I, I'm, I'm calling this morning on a church to look within themselves and their spirit and say, ask themselves, have I allowed my spirit to become stagnant? Have I allowed myself to be okay with where I'm at, not moving in any type of direction. God wants to take you places. God wants to take you places. Some, somebody doesn't believe that this morning. God wants to take you places. You know, do you know that if you realize, do you realize that if you are alive, it's because God isn't done with you yet? If you still have breath in your lungs, it's because God still has a purpose for you to live out. I don't want to spend the rest of my life just being in the same spot. My God, I want more. I want the more that you want for me in my life, my God, so that I may pursue and fulfill the purpose that you have for me, my God. But I have to know you. I have to know you daily, my God. It's a relationship, my God. I cannot fall behind, my God. There is so much greatness to you. There is so much grandness to you, my God, that I will never discover everything, my God. But as long as it's there, I want to go deeper, my God. I want to discover more of you, my God. I want to seek not just your hands, my God, but your face, God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.